0: The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA Ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.
1: I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here.
2: Both okay, parents have spoken with each other. And... Uh, and um, they regret what happened. They have had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys.
1: But these fellas will get such a f-ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we will put them back in their f-ing house
0: just for ten years. Welcome along to the GER on a Monday. It's myself and Conan here in studio. Um, hello to all our YouTube viewers and you know the way Colin we have been getting really excited about the provincial club championships and the all earning club and it's just fantastic time of the year can't say enough good things about it but the football is as good as over Dr Croakes are going to win it we might as well get all <laughs> negative about this I'm just so came out of Newbridge yesterday all um, a pep in my step after Portlaoise <laughs> winning and then uh, heard about this five twenty 20 um, against St Finbars, five twenty from play 11 different scorers in horrible conditions Sure, it's all over blow it up ref Dr <laughs> Crokes have it they only like I mean uh, Carter were equally impressive against uh, decent opposition as well but Crokes are just Croaks just seem to be on a different level
1: I was just going to say I think there's a wee team in Galway who might have something to say about that w- without
0: Ian Burke they, they ran up 4.22 yeah and Dahi Burke not that he'd be on the score sheet I get your point
1: yeah c- come on like yeah the Crooks looked amazing I was following your Twitter account uh like I was loving it you were so obsessed with Port Leash it was like a, a young kid just watching
0: his heroes play for the town again and <laughs> you had little poems and everything going around well it, well, it, there, there, well it wasn't really little poems this was an old joke years ago there was a Father Brown in yeah. the town and there was a Father Brophy and there was also a Father Jim so get it in said Father Jim <laughs> we'll win the trophy says Father Brophy go on to town said Father Brown but it was a great win for Port Leash i um, will talk about that in a minute because it just, like I said last Thursday they just had to win that and they played like they had to win it which was absolutely fantastic fantastic but the, like this is one thing i'm just a little bit confused about with this, dr cross because i didn't watch this you watch more of this i just saw the the highlights on the ga, GA website or the GEA twitter account mm. 520 from play how is that possible like how can you not foul how can you concede for example 419 and not pull some not get tick yeah. and actually foul someone rather than let them let them score and play how is it possible like are finbar's that useless at defending and have no pride in themselves that they'd rather let like okay you often say let them kick it from play rather than rather than the free but Jesus Christ if they're after scoring 20 points from play like maybe you might foul them out of being <laughs> tick are, are, are Dr Croak so slick and moved the ball so well and there's evidence to say that that's the case like for Dahi Casey's goal it was absolutely un- unbelievable ball across from uh, O'Leary yeah. right into his path didn't break stride bang into the back of the net then you see Johnny Buckley's goal which was an absolute farce of yeah. defending so you've Johnny Buckley coming through throwing uh, a dummy shimmy and then uh, it wasn't even a dummy solo it was a, like a, just a, a almost fainted to kick it off his left and sold it on his right sold another fella and then scored that was embarrassing for Finbar so can you tell me are Dr Crokes that slick or were Finbars just an absolute <sighs> joke yeah
1: like they are very slick and like like every all the best club teams they keep it moving No, like it's almost like no touch they just keep the ball going and like yeah that, that goal you talked about that he cases like, the 30 seconds before, whatever it was, brilliant watching it. Almost like, you know, Man City and suddenly the ball was just being moved around and these players are being dragged out of position. But no Crooks player had a touch on them and then suddenly that one pass opened the whole thing up and a, a great finish. But the Buckley one was, like, there was three points in it at the time. This was like, you know, the game was right in the melting pots, this first half. It's defenders' conditions. Like, you know, it was yeah. raining. So you think somebody would at least slide behind someone. Buckley just... It wasn't even dummy in the first time. It was like he just refused the shot, and then it was on. I come back meter in. Line. It yeah. wasn't even a pronounced dummy. It was just I'll turn back in this yeah. way. <laughs> so I think like like a lot of good teams like Horafin, like you know they move the ball well. They don't go into contact too often, but that was very bad from Finbars. Like they weren't close enough. Like the Buckley goal sort of summed the whole thing up and. Yeah, I think once like once Crook got ahead, then it was probably the lad's season's over. It's just like, uh, who cares anymore, really? Like, yeah, you know.
0: But that's not good enough either. Like we talked about, Finbar's brilliant record outside of uh, Cork last Thursday. Well, this team isn't definitely living up to that because that's just uh, five twenty from play. Five twenty scored. Five twenty from play. That's unprecedented maybe I'm wrong but I've never in my life heard any th- heard a stat like that Yeah, is it, is, I didn't think if, if you were to tell me is that possible I'd be like no because there'd be a defender would get tick and someone would get a belt yeah. or a pull down or there would be you know there's just there's no pride in them at all to, to <laughs> concede that kind of score from play What if I
1: asked you was it possible that there was a club team with Colin Cooper on the bench and Jordan Cayley <laughs> and all of the minor winner on the bench Well <laughs> that's
0: it, that's interesting there is a club team there like that and their speed of their movement and their passing and their aerial balls and everything but interesting you mentioned Colin Cooper. He came off, uh, came on, and scored three points from play. Um, saw one of them. He set up the the goal as well with a lovely flick up, and a, and a it was Michael Burns' goal. Yeah. Um, a lovely flick up off the ground. But the selector Edmund O'Sullivan was asked about why uh, Colin isn't playing. And he says I'd be lying if I said Colum is happy coming on. Of course not. The same with Jordan Kyley, Michael Potts. Now he's putting Column into the same categories. The two young lads. They yeah. kind of have to serve their time. Um, the only or the reason Column isn't starting is because he was sick against Angueltocht and Tony Brosnan came in for him and kicked one one fourteen. <laughs> so that's the way it is. Fair enough. But there's yeah. another five positions that Gooch can perfectly play in. So like they're obviously pitting Gooch straight against. Tony Brosnan yeah. who came on and got all that scores and I'm like that's not Gooch can play anywhere across except for the two wings he can play 11, 13, 14 or 15 well 11, 13 or 14
1: yeah like no 11, 13, 14, 15 go for it like, and, like Tony Brosnan had a great game but I thought that would have put pressure on the other five forwards, like Jesus, this boy scored one fourteen. So no, once,
0: once Cooper comes back, it, we're in trouble. It's Gooch versus it's Gooch <laughs> versus uh, our man Tony Brosnan, and we're all we're right behind Tony Brosnan here. Kieran O'Leary obviously has the fourteen jersey sewn so up. He only got a point yesterday, but like I mean, he just does so. His movement is so good, and maybe that's what they want. Maybe this is a little. Maybe, um, Colin Cooper is the Daniel Sturridge of this Croaks team Ah, hang on I have to stop you there (laughs) come on they want movement I'm not talking about a legendary status I'm talking about Sturridge doesn't have that fluid swapping of positions and movement that maybe Klopp wants so he picks three very uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for three fluid. very fluid players mm-hmm. up there and maybe Croaks want this kind of total football and loads of movement loads of options and Gooch's movement isn't good enough I'm just throwing that out there <laughs> yeah like that goal you talk about when the Micheál Burns one was he comes out to
1: number 11 scoops it up and then he shakes off a of defender pings it into the corner forward goes on the run, pops it off again like got it back again yeah but 13,
0: 14 and 11 in there that was uh, that was exhibition stuff at that stage that's, yeah. that's when they had completely given up and in fairness Gooch absolutely Absolutely thrives in those conditions. Um, there's no doubt of that. And one thing I wanted to mention about the GEA highlights on Twitter, because they're great and they're shite in the same way. <laughs> like it's great to have them and they show good uh, replays. At, let's say 30 seconds, you see that full Gooch uh, set up, yeah. the ball in, the ball across, and then the Mihal burns. So you have 30 seconds and you get the whole move in. Now it'll only show maybe three scores throughout the half showing the full move of it. Then at half time they'll show the, whole, the highlights of the whole first half and they'll condense it into two minutes. So it's almost like a machine gun. Boom, 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 boom. You're seeing all these scores. You're, like, yeah. you're losing your... Tr- like it, you, just, you don't see the build-up. You don't see anything. At the end of the game then, they will show in the highlights of the whole game and, and put that into two minutes. Why, are you con- why does it need to be condensed to two minutes? Now, you can explain internet uh, video kind of rules because there are rules and I know about them from videos I do that technically on Facebook and these things people don't pay attention more than two minutes isn't that it so ideally a video would be a minute and a half two minutes but I'm talking about a highlights of the highlights of a match and people who want to go see them are not going to are not the people who are going to be yeah. like losing their concentration after two minutes I'd watch 10 minute highlight package you have these highlights put them up there yeah. I'll watch them you know Maybe they're on GA Go, GA Go But I'm not in the Habit of using that As, as much Yeah
1: But like th- These are studies Based on like You know What people are Watching on average But it's nothing to do With the relative video That you're watching Like you You're a person Who wants to watch The GA videos Everybody following The GA and it, account
0: And it's a GA account Yes yeah,
1: want, to fo- want to watch that video Like you know The biggest <laughs> videos In the world Are longer than two minutes Like you know All the ones that went on On the internet Like they're Far beyond two minutes And they're not sticking To these little guidelines That people would stick to Yeah Like you know If you have a good If you have good content People will watch it Or listen to it Whatever it is Like this shows and higher long Like we're on the internet Do you know Like, But if you were talking About your guidelines It'd be like Let's snip this up Let's get five minutes tops And we'll move on To something else like, yeah. do you
0: know But because this is such a great show, people listen. But, but, do, do, but the message to GA is to, to don't condense uh, sixty-five minutes of highlights into two minutes. It's, it's illogical. Yeah. It's absolutely illogical. Stop doing it. Spread it out. Make it easier on yourselves. And let's see if there's a brilliant point. Who gave the pass for that point? How it came about? And let, like, or else, what's the point? Yeah, you're just seeing a ball fly over the bar, and then within a second you're seeing another ball fly over the bar yeah. it, it's completely worthless it's don't,
1: worthless you don't see a replay of it now I know they put out the individual ones for the special scores that they think are worth it but in those highlights they never show a replay of the points so you don't get an R angle or an R close up yeah. and as you say you missed the five passes that led to it the most important passes sometimes
0: yeah no exactly so Carafin Finn scored 422 so they're into a fifth Connacht final in a row so they've really been absolutely dominant um, in Connacht 210 um, they scored at half at half time I think uh, what it Gale have three points or something Donny Shine was gone on a black card and Ulton Harney was on a red game mm-hmm. over so anyone watching that and TJ Carr would have just turned it off at that stage like I mean there's no doubt about that but I think it was oh, we will talk about this in performance of the weekend Leonard uh, Jason Leonard's uh, goal it was a lovely move as well just Coral just they know how to play football Class. just like Dr Croakes like I think there's an element of just knowing how to play it and having good coaches and moving it through the lines I love watching football Yeah. That's move through the lines with kick pass and it's just lovely on the eye. Corrafin do it uh, Cross McLenn do it Joe Broly will tell you that <laughs> um, Dr Croakes do it. Portleash, I'd like to see them moving it through the lines with the foot a little bit too much if you drop you know I think they might use the hand pass a little bit um, too often but Portleash are capable of playing real natural good football as well you know like I mean good kick passing as well like Moorefield in their f- in in their defence or not in, in their defence Uh, they're a credit as well they played very attacking brand of football Portlaoise Moorfield was a brilliant brilliant game it was a really really outstanding game but uh, the interesting with Coral Finn they won without Ian Burke like you mentioned and they won without Dahi Burke as well who went to Australia playing this wild geese Uh, (laughs) such a stupid name they call they call Irish people that emigrate to Australia wild geese is that it? You've been I haven't I don't know I think that must be it but he uh, he didn't go he didn't play against Clonnegail. so Dahi Burke is just a hurler who if I'm around lads I'll play with you at football but uh, I'm a hurler don't <laughs> be annoying me about this big ball right so because last year he went away on the all-star trip when they were playing an all Ireland quarter-final against Fulham Irish in and around uh, December time yeah. as well so like Dahi just tells Cara Fain, look I, I can play football I'm a very good footballer don't get me wrong yeah. I am really. I know I'm really good and I'm, f- I'm be absolutely on the starting 15 but don't even entertain me if there's even a challenge hurling yeah. game because I, I, w- <laughs> I won't be playing it I'll play football in
1: October, November and a bit of <laughs> February maybe and March if we make it
0: <laughs> yeah he's a pure hurling snob we should try and get that onto the, onto the show here one of the days so TJ Reid was over there Colin Fenley too um, they uh, obviously are playing with Ballyhale next week so they didn't play but they went out I'm kind of surprised that they went out as well it depends how long they're going for like a week before a, a Leinster Club semi-final and I know, like, I mean, you'd hate to miss out on it, but like, I mean, I don't know. I'd say yeah. Henry Henry was probably wondering what to do with them. There's to be back probably for Tuesday night train and Thursday night. Ah, look, I'd go myself. Look, I went to fucking yeah. uh, <laughs> <Thailand. laughs> I'm not want. I'm definitely want to talk. Anyways, this wild geese has uh, created loads of debate, right? So there's all sorts of angles people are hitting the GEA with now I want to talk about hitting the GEA with criticism so I'm not going to criticise the people criticising Paul Cody uh, Carlo Hurler we've had him on the show um, he said two squads of 30 plus 10 management 10 plus management teams Referees, RT panelists, and it was interesting. I would say the GA might have paid the RT panelists to go out, or else what's in it for RTE? It's hard to know. Maybe they didn't. I don't really. Just discount that I said that. (laughs) So he's. He's. uh, He is guessing about 100 people. So, uh, two. Basically he's estimating two hundred thousand a cost, so we don't know how much it costs. But he says, Who the fuck funds all this? And if they have so much cash, please spare or please send some down so we can try and develop hurling in some counties before it's dead. So he's saying with that two hundred grand you could pay six games development officers in Carlo and improve the game. I can completely see where Paul is coming from now. Apparently, it was about forty euros to get into that match. Now the crowd looked absolutely terrible. Like, I mean, I'd say they were very disappointed with the crowd. Yeah. You wouldn't know that from listening to Marty Morrissey, who would have just p- painted the picture. That this is. He's a he. He might as well be a GA employee, Marty Morrissey, mm-hmm. at this stage. But we all know that that's not surprising. So I would say, even if there was five thousand at the game at forty euros a head, that's paying back the two hundred grand that they paid anyway. Yeah. So these things are paying for themselves. So you know the money thing. I'm not too sure that stands up. Like, I mean, it's given the players, uh, it's given the players a holiday, which I'm all for. Yeah, it's playing the game. What I have a problem with it is is building it up to be something that is not which Marty was doing
1: yeah like and exactly because it is just an exhibition game but Marty made it sound like this everything was leading up to this day in November Marty,
0: Marty's <laughs> start to the highlights that I watched today it was this is unique this is history this is Galway versus <laughs> Kilkenny <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean Like, like at the know. end at the end of it then he says it was a remarkable day yeah right? and Diagnan's going along with this like Deignan's playing the game here as well like I mean so this is what's leading me to think maybe the GEA footed their their yeah. their I don't know if they did but then he, Marty asks him after the game do you think there's a future in this Michael I do Marty it's here to stay <laughs> right <laughs> so these lads are really in, into this now building this up as in what a wonderful thing it was a bloody match in Australia yeah It's just all it was. It was a match in Australia, which might be nice for the maybe what looked on the television, the 5,000 people that showed up. Um, Very nice to see these players. Brilliant for the players, which I'm I'm all for. So, like, I'm I'm not completely against it. But uh, another thing is, Corrafin were at Burke. What's more important here? So, anyways, Marty asked Brian Cody the same thing. Marty's in full propaganda mode here Um, he's like but does this have a future Brian are you a fan of this this is two questions in the very same question so he (laughs) asked them one after another so Brian Cody doesn't play the same ball that uh, (laughs) that Deignan does so Cody's just like ah look we've been out here a few days the lads really enjoyed it every player would be more than happy to avail of this so that's just Brian Cody being Brian Cody and being logical and saying ah calm down I'm not a fan of this. Like what's really important is club hurling that's going on at home at the moment. Yeah. That's the real important hurling. This was just this is just a uh what is it an exhibition game in Australia let's calm down
1: yeah and like and as you say like it's it's brilliant for the players and like I see some of their Instagram stories they look to be having the time of their lives like, yeah. you know when you talk about the high work but part of me likes that you know Cora Finn would say to him ah listen it's a trip to Australia away you go see you in a couple of weeks time I know it's a big club game but it's nice that they can do that but it's more than just the money I think that's invested in this it's, it's the effort and and the optics that your national broadcaster are showing that and like you know they wouldn't show a Christy Ring game or a McDonough Cup game like they showed more wild geese all season than they did any of those yeah. Joe McDonough, Lordy Weaver or
0: anything. Now they're tied in right so Buff Egan is on about this so th- there's different angles so Cody's coming at developing the developing different counties and in fairness to Cody while it might be pay, it might pay for itself the optics are not good if that's if that where's your focus where you know where are your priorities mm. Pro- is probably Cody's yeah. main point are your priorities this kind of stuff or is it the Fenway Classic another load of vowel nonsense more nonsense than the Wild Geese because it's not even hurling it's 11 aside bastardization bastardisation of, of hurling so like I mean it, it would be a fair argument to say is this where your priorities lie or would you rather develop you know prioritise developing the game so Buff Egan hammers RTE so RTE would spare no expense to go to the other end of the earth to show a Mickey Mouse challenge game surely they'd be better off showing county and uh, provincial action he did right or the Joe Joe Macdonough Cup which they completely ignored all year wild geese trophy my arse (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, you can't beat that wild geese trophy full stop my arse (laughs) right so Buff Egan hammers RTE now here's my take on RTE The day I start criticising RT for showing GEA, (laughs) you would be a really big hypocrite, right? So they showed GEA. I have no problem with them showing GEA. Declan McBennett's taken over. They're locked into existing contracts, right? Now, I don't know those contracts. I know it's a five-year contract. My argument with RT is why, at the start of the last contract, which Declan McBennett, in fairness, was not the head of sport, and he's a GEA man, Mm he wasn't part of he he wasn't deciding that then now he's in there he's locked in to five year contract so you know this time kind of thing show more club games they're not contracted to do that now the, uh, the criticism for RT was why weren't you back in those other negotiations I'm being a little bit fair on Declan McBennett because I think yeah. the next the next time these are up for are up for bidding I think RT will go for more club games and go for more stuff and if this is I think I would see this as a positive as in two years ago would RT have covered this? Yeah, like, but maybe maybe it's more of a GA thing then than the RT because it's a GA thing. It's not even
1: the club and provincial. I'm just looking at the, like you know, could we not have put as much effort into trying to get the Christy Ring final shown on TV? Yeah, or, like, the Joe know, McDonough Cup final. Like, I mean, that was the higher profile one. Could, like, as you've always been banging on about, can the GA not sell the rights of that to TG Carr or something? You know, RT are already locked into Air a contract, Sport, or they yeah. won't show it and give it to somebody else so we can like look at the amount of people watching club games as it is. Like, there's more county games that they could watch instead of this friendly. Great that they're showing the friendly, but it just sort of highlights that they're not showing a lot yeah. of other
0: things. And I'm tr- I'm trying to get Tom Ryan onto the show here before the year ends because, like, I mean, there's so many questions you'd like to ask him about all this stuff. Because RT probably don't deserve that criticism based on the fact they're stuck into the the app. Again, I'll repeat myself. They absolutely deserve criticism for not going for club games. Yeah, but, you know for the last 20 years they haven't been showing club games or league games so they absolutely deserve criticism of that but now we have a GEA man as head of sport in RT I am more optimistic and I don't want to hammer them yeah. and he might be frustrated like he said on the show he'd like to show more but, but you also have like a lot of
1: GEA counties like getting sanctioned here recently for going away on training camps and people told they're not allowed to train or whatever that's, and a,
0: that's another <laughs> point I'll just quickly cut you off because Brendan O'Brien and John Fogarty both uh examiners Brendan O'Brien's Port man he um, tweeted last night you have to admire the sheer neck of the GEA some counties penalised for being in breach of the training ban others invited to play in Boston and Sydney in games promoted by the association say do as we say not as we do it's like that's a clear clear kind of you know an o- and obvious boo boo by the GEA yeah
1: like you can't do this, and if you do do it, we're going to sanction you. But <laughs> meanwhile, we're going to carry on because we got a lot of money to make in Australia.
0: Yeah, we can do it. It's a weird one, and in fairness, it's obviously good. I thought it, it like from looking at the highlights. The crowd—that's th- a pathetic turnout for the, Ir- the amount of Irish that are in Sydney. Pathetic. Do mm. it looked like there was nobody at it at all. Real sparse, just the lower tier all the way around. It's a strange one because people seem like do do you not when you're away? Like do you not want to go to these events? Like you know, it's an Irish thing. This is putting it on for them, and the Fenway Classic they can get thirty thousand to it. So did they not promote this in the same manner? Or how? Maybe see, there's a lot more American Irish in Boston that might go to it. Like I mean, there's a lot of Irish in Sydney, but maybe not the same Australian Irish. If you know what I mean, there isn't. There isn't second generation um, Irish that kind of. I don't know. The Irish have been in Boston a lot longer, basically. So they're bigger I thought it was a very poor crowd. I thought that could have been pointed out. It looked like um, looked like a poor enough crowd. Maybe it's the fixtures putting it on in November for them. They wanted it earlier in the year? It was 27 degrees apparently which uh, wouldn't suit the players so we're not really going to talk about that game anyway because it was only an exhibition game that in fairness the players did take seriously enough apparently well, according to Michael Dignan but he was in propaganda mode so I'm not sure whether to <laughs> he could have been out for a few pints at him the night before <laughs> judging by some of the things uh, how positive he was about it. Portlaoise uh, obviously were very good yesterday so they were absolutely dominant in the first half they went in one eight to 4 pints um, the Moorfield goalkeeper had an absolute shocker he was at fault for the Portlaoise goal at fault for a, uh, another one he just had butter fingers and his kick outs weren't much better he was trying to k- hit Ronan Sweeney over by the sideline and just driving it out over the side right. over the side. he did that twice but the ones he did put down the middle um, Kieran McAvoy cleaned up he, him and Kieran Lillis were dominant in midfield so like I mean really really good performance um, So Malachi McNulty said after the game we're playing the Leinster champions so we wanted to hit them hard and notch up as many scores as possible like, and Portlaoise hit them hard like, they played like I said at the start like a team that just their backs were to the wall here are we going to just turn into an also ran no disrespect just another Leinster County or are we going to be the, the challengers for the title against the Dublin Champions and they proved that they are and they were a notch ahead of Moorfield last year and I, I don't care what anyone says Moorfield ransacked them at the end of that game with a goal and a point Portlaoise looked in control until Craig Rogers got sent off then Portlaoise this year dominated them really in their own in their own backyard and to prove without a shadow of a doubt they're a much better, team than, a much better t- footballing team than Moorfield, even though Moorfield were pretty decent and battled away and got 1-1 early in the second half to get it back to three. And then they had the wind and the crowd were behind them and there had been a bit of fisticuffs going in off the field at half-time and it was really kind of ratcheting up. Mm but uh, Portlaoise after the goal Portlaoise responded with three points from play themselves to wipe out the goal and I think that kind of burst the it definitely burst the bubble of the Moorfield fans in the crowd anyways where it was a bit deflating for the for the teams or for the the players on the team but uh, players on the field but it was a brilliant brilliant game and without sounding too much like Joe Brawley at a Cross McGlenn game it was fantastic <laughs> by both teams who played football in the right way and had some some really good players on display Ronan Sweeney three points from play at his age 38 years of age Took on Frank Flanagan at one stage, who's only a young fell on the Portleash team, and burned him down the sideline. Like, yeah. he's a sensational club player. There's nothing else can be said about Ronan Sweeney. He's just non-stop, still centre half forward at 38 for a club that's winning Leinster's. That's not that, that would be unusual enough, um, and he's still doing it. Life's too short to not watch Portleash, says <laughs> Colin Parkinson. <laughs> The St Paul Mannion's coming down the road now though, With a sniper on his left foot Well that's it He scored 2-6 The Kilmacoad Crocs won two seventeen 17 to 7 So like I mean That's the That is the semi-final And you'd imagine the winner should come from that Although Mullina Hocta Are a dogged team Who play very defensive football um, And beat Road in Tullamore And that's not easily done They play A-Rogue in the other semi-final So no, Lent- no Longford club has ever contested a final so there'll be a little bit of pressure on them as it is Carlo were in the final in 2000 when beat Nafina surprised Nafina that was in Portlaoise I remember um, I didn't even go up to it because I was kind of playing around that time and I'd be a little bit jealous <laughs> of not being not being in it um, so I thought it was an interesting thing so Brian Darby got his marching orders after 18 minutes and remember James McGivney got we talked about James McGivney a couple of times on the, the, on the show the Cluxton hit Cluxton Lake got sent off yeah. in that game then he got sent off in the county final. And I remember reading the name James McGivney. And then I went back and looked, was that the lad that hit Cluxon? And it was. And then I read that Brian Darby was sent off for an altercation with James McGivney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he got it right this time. He got, so he got then the provocation. I, I went,
0: bloody McGivney's always in some sort of bloody action. So he didn't get sent off this time. But Brian Darby, who would not be the type of player to be getting sent off. Yeah. You're, you're, there's a development, there's kind of a, a trend developing here, James. And we've, I've my eye on you if you get into the Leinster <laughs> final in Portland get into it
1: it's exciting for the the Cavan footballers who Mickey Graham's going to take them after he's he's coaching this Longford Champions team like you know so it's almost like Louis van Gallen the World Cup before he goes to United it's just impressing before he takes on the Cavan job the the further
0: they go the more exciting it gets the next step up so Aho Willen lost to Ballantobor there's no surprises there um, but it was an interesting one that Michael Corrie a colleague of ours had a really good piece about Acha Willen at the weekend which Joe Brawley lifted uh, without crediting poor Michael <laughs> and uh, so four of the senior squad for the game are actually what is it are on the executive no the executive on the committee the, on the committee yeah. so is there, that, yeah, okay so Michael Quinn he's the chairman of the club and also a defender Declan McGovern is vice chairman and also a defender um, Mike or Morgan Quinn is the secretary And a forward, and Gerard McGovern um, is assistant secretary and defender. So, like, I mean, that's very unusual to have four current players um, taking up positions like that. But, like, I mean, suppose small clubs just maybe have to do it, and I always find that is a challenge for GA clubs is to find people to go into these tankless jobs. Like, I mean, I always said playing is the most important, and it is. But you get a lot of enjoyment from playing So it's not really a selfless thing You do it for your own enjoyment Yeah Well now maybe these Administrators do it for their own enjoyment But maybe they do But it is less selfless It is more selfless than playing Yeah I, I don't Like you know I've, I've done like a You know
1: a PRO for a while And like assistant secretary for a while At my, my old club back home But You don't do it for enjoyment i tell you that Like you just and Some why did you do
0: it? Did you get roped into it at an AGM,
1: or why did you? Yeah, sing? like you got asked, like, you know. And oh, just, you're gone. What can you say then? Yeah, like and it's just it's, it's one of those things where you want to serve your club. But at the time, I was taking under sixteens too, you know. So I'm playing with the team, so it was doing a lot. But it is, I don't know what. It's just that sort of jerry bound, like you know, I can help out the club this way. But but even now, like you know, I know a couple of lads who are like secretary and treasurer of the club back home, and they're still playing. And yeah, do you know again they're not enjoying it but it's just I don't know it's just what you do to keep the thing going it's what it's all about See, I
0: don't know if it's like that in your club but I wouldn't be attracted to that kind of stuff at all I think there's a lot of politics in that I don't necessarily like the clique that's involved in a lot of these committees and everything it would be like I'd find mm. it toxic to me being a little bit more like I kind of tend to say thing, I'm a little bit more abrupt in how I deliver what I think and I think that r- definitely rattles cages and people don't like it and I think in a lot of GEA committees and everything there's an awful lot of politics going on and talking behind people's backs and I don't think there's enough honesty if I'm being honest
1: Yeah, well, I don't know I've been sat in plenty of committee rooms as well the, the meetings go on for hours because two lads are arguing and like, you know, everybody has their own little bit of there's the agendas, empire There's agendas, there's agendas The, uh, yeah, yeah, the groundsman man just wants nobody playing on the pitch yeah. and, you know, you have the ladies manager or the ladies I don't know, the chief, the person looking after the whole ladies' football thing who feels like they're not getting enough love or whatever, like and all these things just at the end of the day you have all these arguments and then nothing really gets done about it all. So it probably is just a big waste of time. Like everybody goes back and just continues on with the jobs that they're
0: doing. Right, okay. So yeah, it doesn't you're not exactly uh, you're not exactly endearing me towards getting on there. <laughs> so me Hall Martin was talking on RT, I might leave this until uh, I might leave this until Thursday. Um, he's talking about uh, it's a little bit like what we talked about last week but he's uh, he's kind of hinting at the fact that they might be scrapping the pre-season competitions so that would be absolutely fantastic mm. if they did that a um, couple of other little bits of news is Peter Leahy who obviously we had um, some dealings with earlier this year he's been handed a two year is a two year um, contract so he's uh, been confirmed um, at a meeting last Tuesday night so congratulations to him hopefully he can get all those Carnicon girls back and anybody that walked off the panel he left the door open for them and you know I think they should all go back let's Wait, forget about it
1: would you take it if you were him Like,
0: would you take the uh,
1: no I know he's been backed a lot would you take the job like I know he's been backed really well by Mayo but would you want it really without all like the best club in the county
0: and uh. you are going to have eight
1: 8 to 12 players.
0: Well I wouldn't like to I wouldn't like what happened I wouldn't like the I wouldn't like to be run out of the job by what was done to me either if I was him. For that kind of stuff to go around you'd like to stay on like you don't want the people who are trying to blacken your name like that win do you know that kind of a so
1: pure stubbornness, you would just stay in the job? I or? would
0: yeah, I probably would, yeah. But you try to get them back because like I mean, from what I hear, those Carnicon girls outside of maybe one or two wouldn't have had any problem. They were just maybe defending their yeah. their teammate who might be a bit more high profile. But anyways, uh, sympathies to the Clark family. Paddy Clark, who's a former Loud manager, um, passed away he, he at the weekend. He had uh, an illness. But most people will know in the GEA circles, will know Paddy Clark because he would have coached clubs in Loudmead, Monaghan, Cavan and Dublin. And he was assistant manager to Brian McIniff um, with the International Road Squad in 2000-2001. And like I said, Loud manager as well. So very sad for everybody um, in the GEA and like I said sympathies to the Clark family just want to finish up with this Conan is that player manager remember I talked to Henry Shefflin about player managers and Henry why didn't you just go player manager bring yourself on well we have one anyway so two mile house manager Niall Brown he came off the bench brought himself off the bench I love this (laughs) now with eight minutes to go now if it was me I'd be going with 28 minutes to go right (laughs) straight back in so Kildare's two mile house beat round towers of Lusk 4.15 4.15 to one sixteen in an absolutely brilliant Leinster Intermediate Football Championship and that's coming down um, to semi-final stage. Courtwood from Leash are in there um, and so are Horsewood of Wexford. Uh, I might mention them in play- performance the weekend but he came on he scored a point in the eight minutes that he came yep. on. So there you are, Niall Brown, a man after my own heart, <laughs> Niall. Listen, we'll get you on the show here and get you on and explain to us exactly the psychology be- beside... Go and play your manager And bring in yourself on yeah. <laughs> Do you warm up when, Before you come on Probably not No here's another thing That annoyed me yesterday Watching Leash. Uh, so there was a downpour Alright And this is a pet Hate of mine Say you're a sub Right, and you have this thing where every five minutes you're running up and down the pitch. Now it's demoralising. You're parading yourself in front of the stand that <laughs> you're a sub number one, and you know what I'm like with subs right? So <laughs> you can imagine where my head is at. That I'm running up and down you're in front one of, of them. I'm running up and down in front of a stand that might as well advertise the fact I'm a sub <laughs> ins- instead <laughs> of actually keeping my head down and just getting on the field. So I'm basically going around with a card. Woolly Parkinson cannot make this team, right? So, but it was there was a downpour right so I can see the theory behind it and all that like I mean if someone gets injured you want to be warmed up but I don't know like say if you're in the first group and you go in the first three or f- three or four minutes then you're not in then you don't go again for another 15 minutes say mm. and you're brought on after 15 minutes you're still cold like I mean yeah, you, ha- you have to just get lucky that you've just done your warm up when somebody gets injured and you yeah. have to go on so there was a downpour at the start of the game yesterday I'm looking down on the sideline I'm looking at three and four Port Liche fellas getting drowned it <laughs> And I'm thinking, they're going back up now to sit on the bench, drowned and wet on a cold day, yeah. watching this. And I'm like, "What is the point of that? I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, and like the reality is probably not for Port because it's a very good Now club all clubs it. do it. Like I mean no. this
0: isn't unique to Port Leash. Like I mean they all do it.
1: So I was gonna say like the reality is in most clubs outside of the full back line, so you have from the half back line all the way up the corner forward, it's probably going to be the same guy coming on no matter who gets injured. Yeah. because 'cause they'll make a reshuffle if they have to but they know who's coming on first. You know, maybe it's a yeah. bit different with Port Leash but No, the, you would have a good idea who the first two or three lads coming yeah. off of Port Leash So like let the other boys go, like, you know, if you do need them later on then let them come and warm up but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's there's ways of being a sub though. Like you know, you should be standing beside the manager there, and you know, just to let the crowd know <laughs> that like, yes, I'm a sub, but I'm a bit above that. Like, so I'm with the management. And well, sort of you see, so you can't
0: page. do that now because like you're back in the stand now. So all you can do when you're a sub now is just stare at the manager, right? So number one, <laughs> you're staring at the, you're playing player cam on the lads you want to come on for. Yeah. Then you, but you've got a, an eye on the management team. So when they talk amongst each other, you're watching like a hawk. Whatever, and then they look. <laughs> then when they look around, you have to make eye contact. The yeah. minute they look around they have to catch. unzip the jacket <laughs> <laughs> every time he kicks the ball away your jacket goes down ready yeah. to go oh Jesus but anyway that was just something I noticed yesterday and it's almost like I, number one I hate it because i played intermediate this year and in fairness I had been injured but it was a sub for the semi-final and we were running up and down uh, warming up like I mean you know early in the game and I was like I'm 40 I don't need this shit I just want to, like if I'm not playing let me sit and watch the game at yeah. least don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. <laughs> yeah. But then, because I wasn't starting, and with my reputation of not liking being a sub of course I had to go along with it. And oh god. Anyways, I got brought on eventually. You don't. Like, you don't need to worry about. It. Like you know, I've been on
1: uh, on the bench, and when you're warming up, you think everybody's watching you. But then when you're in the stands, you realise
0: nobody like gives a fuck about no. these people here running up and no, down. No, and that is a very good point because I would literally think that everybody's watching yeah. you, and the game is actually going on. <laughs> you're trying to show off to
1: them, like sprinting really fast. <laughs> Wait! He's not on Look how fast is moving. Alright we just have To continue <laughs> on here We could talk
0: about This all day Right we'll be back With Gordon Kelly Come here I want you To talk us through The goal you scored In the county final After 15 seconds I want you to tell me When you had Goal on your mind
2: Yeah you've probably Had a few 15 seconds Experiences yourself <laughs> when you, uh, Break me off, Show me what
0: you got because I don't want no one-minute man Alright, so St Joseph's of Milltown Malbay have qualified for the first ever Munster Club final after a great win against the Nair away from home yesterday and their captain Gordon Kelly joins us on the line now Gordon, how's it going? Uh,
2: it's going good, it's going good, thanks
0: Good stuff, that, that was a surprise win for me I'm not sure if you guys um, were as surprised as I was when with the result
2: No, I suppose we've seen it before we went down as a 50-50 game. We'd be, um, I suppose, going down there was a big challenge down today. And I suppose, what shall it? A team like Naira, they'd be, they'd be well known up our way. And I suppose as a few of the other teams thought there would be Strat Valley, Ballinacourt, they'd be household names for the football people in Clare. So we've seen it as a good challenge going down. But we had confidence in ourselves that we had to work put in over the last two weeks since the county final. So, while while we while not certain, we we knew that if we went down and we performed well. That there was a chance that we, that would come right to win
0: Yeah, because I was looking. You won the county title in 2015, and that was the first time in 15 years. And you didn't perform well at all then in the Monster Club Cl- Clonmel. Commercials beat you well. Was there a change in attitude this year after winning it that you wanted to, you know, maybe take the Monster a little bit more seriously? or Is that how it worked?
2: I, uh What's we won it back in uh, 2015. I, I think it was our first one actually in 25 years. So look, we enjoyed it a bit, but we did <laughs> do a good bit of training before the the Camel game as well. It's just I we went down, and I just don't think that we we produced a performance which kind of um, which showed the work we'd put in before it. But we were adamant when we won it this year that we were we were going to put in the performance. And look, you can never guarantee the result, but we said if we if we go put in performance even if things don't go away on the scoreboard at least we'd be satisfied with that but we're we're just delighted that we managed to put in the performance and get the win at the same time
0: it's a, it's a strange one really when you win your first county title after a long time you're trying to say you want to take it seriously but you're still in celebration mode you're saying the right thing but maybe that's not quite what's what's in lad's heads
2: <laughs> Yeah I suppose when you win it for the first time you really don't you know, it's, it's kind of it's all unknown territory and I suppose you get it Let's, let's be honest. There's a bit of a big blow out there and a bit of excitement and stuff. But uh, look, we did train. We had a month between the county final and the Carmel game. And look, we did train. I just don't. I and mean, we tra- we trained hard. I just we went down the day and we just didn't put in the performance that was there, you know. But, so we're just happy that this time we got to go down and look, put in a performance with the with the minimum that we had demanded of, our, of ourselves. Yeah. we were just happy to get the win.
0: Yeah, it was the goals really killed it in the second half. I was reading report, it was pretty nip and took for the first half of the first half, and then you took away, scored five in a row, and then the goals in the second half killed it off completely. So it it was a convincing win.
2: Yeah, um, I suppose when you're into Munster, if you get goal chances, you need to take them. They had one or two chances, in fairness to our goalie, Sean O'Brien, he pulled off some some great saves. When we got the chances, now it was a waste of windy days. So I couldn't really see the goals. The guys were telling me like Carmack Murphy's first goal. Uh, he scored our first goal, and he actually belted into the corner. And fairness, and then Sean Malone came off the bench and he he stuck it. So look, if you're in Munster and if you get goal chances if you want to win you need to, you need to take them and you're just happy buy five you know, and stick the ball into the net you know
0: yeah so the weather was that bad that you're at centre half back and you can't see the goals being scored or is your eyesight that bad
2: <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my eyesight isn't great <laughs> kind of, you, the weather was fairly bad which eh, watch, you wouldn't get a clear sight your body's between yourself and the goal and you'd you'd be kind of looking around trying to see what happened if the ball broke down and stuff and look I just didn't have a clear view of the the ball but I think watch got it I'd probably get a chance to look at them back and see, see if goals were as good as uh, Carmack was telling me, you know.
0: Yeah, I saw you. I saw a quote from you saying that you've played in more relegation finals than you have in county finals, and that you've come through a lot of tough times. Um, But when you have that bit of history, I think this was around um, 2015. Because trying to look it up, then um, you were relegated in 2012 for the 2013 season. um, So you played intermediate.
2: Yeah, that's correct. I think, including replays, I think I must have played in about five relegation finals. And we were always, I suppose, shooting the tall column. We just weren't putting in the effort that, that was required. And we were just I suppose, putting in the minimum and we were just surviving for a few years. And eventually then, we just watch call it. Someone says, you stand in a trap door for long enough, you'll eventually go through. And that's what happened so it was in 2012. And I suppose, watch college, We'd always seen ourselves as a proud club and I suppose it was a bit hard, hard at the time because, as everyone kept telling us, you're the first team ever to go down to what do you call it, go you down know, to intermediate in the history of the club back in the 80s 87, you know. Um, I suppose then, as a club, I suppose the shake up we needed, a few people came in well at the top of the club. Yeah, I suppose the club started working hard. I suppose then we realised that what we're doing up until then just wasn't good enough, you know. Right, so okay. we, we won it back in 13 and look I suppose it was a club we've been kind of working hard since then even with the underage and I was, you see stuff has been done right for the rest of the club you feel the better on us on you and you look it was we've just been doing things better since
0: then Yeah because that's the thing because St Joseph's is a big club in Clare like I think you're third or fourth on the role of honour you've won I think is 11 county titles and you just had lost your way kind of with with the structures within the club and the organisation and ended up with with relegation intermediate that was the kick up the arse and started moving forward from there
2: Yeah look that's, that's pretty much it I suppose um, it was a big shake up for the club I suppose we had a bit of a come to Jesus meeting within the club and there's some harsh words said look a lot of people um, dropped the shoulder and I suppose we just were honest with ourselves that we're doing good and look we're in a better place now and I think even the whole club and the community and the town is is much better for it you know even like we're getting great support off the club yesterday like it was fantastic I think it's fair to say that we our supporters probably were in the majority yesterday, which be great. You know, so it mm. kind of shows the support for getting
0: the club and, yeah. the, and the town. It's, but it's like it is a great story. Relegated in twelve, intermediate champions thirteen, county champions fifteen, county champions again in eighteen, and now first ever monster club um, championship. So it's been a great kind of trajectory that you're on, and you can I can obviously understand how the supporters are getting behind you now.
2: Yeah, that's true. I suppose what's got when you've come through the, the the bad times, you really appreciate the good times, and I suppose that's kind of standing us now. We're really enjoying it it's from giant training. Lads are working hard, and there's a bit of a I feel good around the club, which I suppose when you've come through the bad, the bad times, you really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about. Like, you obviously captained St. Joseph's um, this year, and you were in the news a lot earlier on this year for having an unbelievably harsh uh, suspension for very little, really, and you missed 10 games because of it, which was absolutely incredible. So it must be a really nice feeling to finish the year um, after you know missing those early games with the club to be able to captain them to a county title.
2: Yeah, it does mean a lot. Like I'm not going to be honest. I'm be honest with you. What you call it? Those first few months were probably the hardest few months I put down in football. Um, but look, I tried to put it behind me. As you said, I missed ten or eleven games. But as was at this stage, I'm trying to pull the benefits from out of that whole experience and trying to. I was trying to let it go and not not to be bitter about it and. Then, I suppose what's called missing about eleven or twelve games meant I was kind of fresher towards the end of the year, and I, I wasn't picking up the the negatives that I would have done over the last few years. Look, I got a lot at the time. I got a lot of support from the club and other clubs in the county, which I really appreciate. But to be able to, I suppose, come from 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 that experience, being to to go up and lift the cup for the club as captain, it's, look, it's. Fantastic, and it makes it kind of easier to let everything go that happened
0: earlier in the year. Yeah, maybe that's the thing of just letting letting it go. But you have a kind of a nice way the the year ended. Can, can like we we spoke about you recently on the show actually, Gordon, because it was around the time the Dingle selector came on and threw the box, and he ended up getting an eight, eight week ban. And we were referencing your suspension, where like I mean, you got an awful doing. For the squirting water, and we've seen the video come out um, since then. You might just explain to anyone who hasn't um, heard about it what exactly happened um, that day. Okay, uh,
2: watch I'll, I'll keep it quick because yeah, uh, so I don't want to dwell on that too much. It's just um, the, the game had finished, and I thought I was walking more to, watching my clubman on Cleary and. I just watched college. Uh, there was actually some heated stuff with the referee free, but I wasn't involved in any of that. So I actually, actually went in pulling players away, which was, we had on video we could show, but look, anyway. Watch college, so I just kind of walked away and started behind the water bottle. I just gave it a quick score. as I always do, you know? Yeah. But I happened to go in the direction of the umpire. Look, he said it hit him. <laughs> I was very, very doubtful of it at the time. And look, I just went around and said, look, sorry. I didn't mean anything by that, you know, I was just clear under water and that was the end of it and look, I sort you didn't see it that way, you put in the match report and ended up getting a three month suspension on the back of it, you know. But look, as I said, it's over and now I'm kind of trying to concentrate on the positives and enjoying what's going on with the club just enjoying the experience.
0: Just one question I had on that before we move on because I don't want to dwell on it either but you appealed it to the hearings committee and you failed on that. You didn't go to the DRA. I'm just wondering why because you had a really strong case on the video um, and you had a strong case that the video showed you pulling people away and you weren't, you know, remonstrating like everybody else.
2: Um, I think, I thought I just kind of got a little disillusioned with the whole with the whole process before it started I was told, it was not a matter of right or wrong you need to prove that the water or whatever didn't hit him and it's impossible to prove something like that and I just said it came to the stage that I suppose we're going down a legal route and you're looking for lo- legal loopholes and all that and I said look watch for this um, let's just let's just le- let it be I gotta concentrate on making sure that I'm training well and we we'll move on to the summer and stuff, but there was a bit of disillusionment with it. But as I said, I, I don't want to dwell on that too much anymore at this stage. Just move on and let it be, you know.
0: Yeah, no, it's true because, like, I mean, it, uh, it annoys me when people who are clearly guilty get off on on technicalities and legal loopholes. But like, I would have forgiven <laughs> I would have forgiven you to get, to have getting, gotten off on one. So I saw the video, like, I mean, it was outrageous. Um, but you missed, like I said, you missed the club games, and then you missed the rest of the league. But you got back for the championship at least, um, just in time for the Limerick game. Played that, then played against Kerry and Mark David Clifford so you're right back into the lines
2: then yeah um, yeah look I thought that was a fortunate thing you hate missing league games especially the club because I feel like when you're with the county you probably don't get enough time to spend with the with the club that time of year so that's when I really enjoy playing the club games but the league club games would well, look it wasn't to be but look at least I didn't miss any championship games and the suspension finished like a week before the Limerick game and and then once the, once that game was over, it was game after game. And look, I suppose when you really want to play the games in the summer, when the, the pitches are hard and even big game, there's more at stake. So look, if, if, it, if, the, if that had happened later in the year, like three months or the summer, it, it, it
0: would have been a different ball game. Yeah, I was at the game against Kerry. Um, you're obviously beaten well on the day, but I think you performed better on David Clifford than anybody else did during the year, if that's any consolation.
2: Um, look I suppose I just went out and I just tried as hard as I could um, look I went out in the Nimic game two weeks before that and I tried just as hard and I was kind of what do you call it I was getting negative feedback on it and I went out in the Kerry game just pretty much played the same thing and then I was getting positive feedback but look that's the way it is things can break your way and so what do you call it? you know you go up for a 50-50 ball and the ball lands on your side after breaks <laughs> you are it great you read the ball fantastically it lands on his side your man's taking you to the cleaners you know so
0: yeah. I think, look, that's the way it is I, were, were you taken aback by how big David Clifford is because I, I I met him after that game I was in the tunnel and um, I shook hands with him as he walked past me and I went Jesus Christ <laughs> he the fella's huge for his age He's,
2: he's a big man um, I think the watch call it more surprised was well he's was his pace he's great pace like I was starting I was standing up beside him at the start and it was, it was only about a minute in and the next thing he took off and I thought Jesus oh, he's, he's, he's a very good footballer he's great pace so I kind of go on. next time I just had to watch i it I just, just had to be sharper to, uh, to his pace and stuff yeah but he's a fantastic footballer don't he, he, he's a great summer and he really an of yeah. he's right in one and all starting he's one of the key players in GA for the next 10 years
0: you know? No he definitely will So I was reading some quotes from you around the time of the suspension where you said that could be your last league uh, I mean you're 35 you've just captained your club to a county title in a Munster club I know you're going to tell me I haven't made any decisions yet but, it, it, <laughs> it, it <laughs> but reading between the lines that's you done. but maybe you want to right the wrong of last year's league and give it one more year
2: I believe you're uh the crystal ball hasn't let you down there, Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I haven't thought about it. I haven't actually even been talking to Cullen. I suppose he's given he us a bit of space, concentrating the club. And Look, it'll probably be around Christmas time when things, when things are, I suppose, when things are, whether they're, well, they're still going with the club or you're looking to like get a space around Christmas, no matter what happens anyway. And look, I'll, I'll have a chat with Cullen and we'll see how things go there, you know? But, yeah. Um, look, we'll see how things go.
0: Reading a match report, you bring Brian Curtin, who's picked at centre-half forward, back and he plays in front of your full back line. So I was thinking after looking at the Dr Croakes highlights and the reading all about that, that you might need a few more sweepers alongside Brian Curtin when you play Dr Croakes. Like, I mean, they got 5.20 from... 5.20 5.20 and all from play like they're a scary team at the moment but like I mean you'll obviously have to go in thinking that you're you're well in with a chance especially in these conditions and things as well that they, you know they're, they're not there a lot of shocks happening in club, club football that wouldn't happen at inter-county level
2: Yeah the, the, I suppose that is very true look we're under no illusion about um, about Croft or fantastic in there's some fantastic footballers so I suppose look over the next two weeks we'll be we'll just be concentrating on ourselves and look, I suppose we we have some very good footballers ourselves who will we'll be doing it at the club with some lads who will be producing it in their county as well and we'll be looking forward to it and um, I suppose if you're going down to the game if you believe you can win it well I think you're, you're always in with a chance and look, we we think that we'll have a shot just for them I suppose look we know how good our lads can be
0: yeah well listen best of luck with it and congratulations on reaching the final for the first ever time thanks for taking the call Gordon
2: Okay, no problem. All right, thanks. Bye. When your legs don't work like they used to before. I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on from Newbridge Saturday night, and that that helps the journey, to be honest, if, I'm, if I've run out of Ed Sheeran songs. Depends on movement. Ed's good for, uh, if you're in a sappy mood, Ed's good uh, <laughs> on to sing along to and then. If you're in a GE head, move to push your arm probably most of the week then I'm trying to blues on.
0: Darling, I will be loving you till we're 17 Paddy Power performance of the weekend Conan so the first one up here is Paul Catalan who was absolutely outstanding yesterday he got 7 points in total and that was a, out of a total of 114 uh, he got 4 from play first point from play was absolutely outstanding see Paul Catalan is intercounty standard he's an outstanding corner forward hasn't really got the break he probably deserved I think with Leash, but then didn't go in one or two years was injured but, like, he's intercounty level corner forward. So, like, I mean, he's running from the 13 position over to his wrong side, collecting a ball and under the stand, kind of hooking it back over his body, over the back. You know, these fellas. Fast, yeah. There's just no blocking this. There's, there was no blocking that score down. Your man was tight on him. Yeah. And it's just the very, very highest level of corner forwards can actually do what he You know what I mean? What he did. He was very good on the freeze. He, he scored a one around the 45 meter line over. There was actually something going on with him and Brody because Brody was coming looking for them, the goalkeeper. And I think uh, Catalan uh, Paul, with the wind, fancied himself from forty-five. So he was telling uh, Brody yeah. to stay where he was, and it was a little bit of a standoff. But Catalan ended up putting it over. So like I, I mean, like that. I like that too. Paul he would, and rank he wouldn't be short on confidence, Paul. Like. Been as good as he is, he would have played soccer with Celtics. So, like, I mean, most people know about Paul Catalan. In 09, he got uh, Leinster Club Player of the Year. So, he was outstanding. Um, Garrett Dillon was outstanding. You might know Garrett Dillon as a cornerback for, for Leash. You people in Portlaoise know him as a wing forward so like Gareth Dillon's a complete all rounder um, he was outstanding his runs in the second half really kept Portlaoise kind of in the game he's just breaking the line he's incredible pace Kieran McAvoy was outstanding right throughout big uh, physical midfielder dominated midfield and can really do a job like on any kind of. He was on Daniel Flynn and he cleaned him out of it. Daniel Flynn was taken off in the first half. Remember, he was on Alan McNamy last year against Road and mm. these kind. Of, but the great thing about uh, McAvoy is the Portiche, Whenever I was playing with Portiche, we never had a big physical midfielder. Like if, if someone had a good fetching midfielder, we'd be in trouble. Right, because we didn't really have the yeah. big imposing, but he can battle with these lads and you know, outfetch them at times. And it's just Port Leash, along with Kieran Lillis in midfield, who's, who's, who's uh, midfield obviously for Leash. Port Leash finally have a uh, really solid midfield who won't be messed around by anyone, and they're mobile too so who are we picking is that, is that all the nominees for a Paddy Power performances so the Paddy Power Portley I'm <laughs> nominating Paul Catalan um, but uh, honourable mention to the two lads so like I mean that's it Jason Leonard then for Curra Finn he scored 2-6 so his first goal was a rocket to the back of the net and his second one was after a beautiful flowing move which he was able to mm-hmm. palm into the net it was a lovely ball in transfer off to a man running like Portleish were doing this at times yesterday like I mean it's just it's traditional football ah. and it's playing it through the lines and it's just beautiful and we see a lot more of it at club level, and when you see it played, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. They're like a they're like a sevens team, like you know. Yeah, they won the All Ireland sevens this year, but like
1: every single every single run is finished. Like you know, Kier Malloy won that ball on the byline because when he runs he goes the whole way to the corner and takes his man with him everybody's just running all over the place yeah. if you pass it you have to keep going the whole way to goals it's like they're always just coming in for a sniff of goal all their points look so easy because they're just going for goal originally and the team freaks out and you get space to pop it over they're unbelievable and Jason Leonard was just on this day the, the person who was the beneficiary of all those moves
0: yeah no he definitely was and uh, we do have to say that Dr Croaks and Carafin avoid each other until the final yeah. so like I mean there could be an unbelievable final Croakes beat them down in Limerick two years ago and they shocked
1: them Could be and Cross McGlenn though do you will have wet dreams about this I
0: don't think Cross McGlenn are there yet <laughs> I don't think they're there yet despite what Joe says um, you know but you never know with their with their tradition Like, but you'd love to see Portlaoise into the mix as well the Portlaoise against Kilmacode, if you've got spare time you should go to that as well that'll be um, must actually send Joe an invitation to come down and watch that and get Portlaoise a, nice <laughs> get Portlaoise a lovely write up in the paper the following week if they win although Portlaoise would probably Portlaoise beat Kilmacud and Paul Mannion played well Joe would write the piece about Paul Mannion Yeah, yeah he, lo- he loves Cross McLennan and <laughs> Dublin, Dublin <isn't> yeah. <laughs> so Paul Mannion that we mentioned him 2-6 came off after the 53rd minute um, apparently he's struggling a little bit with a muscle injury I think it could be his hamstring so he was feeling that and went off but to have two weeks now to recover for Port Leash so so, despite the amount we want you'd like Paul Mannion not to be playing you wouldn't wish him injury but like I mean he's got the two weeks now to fix any niggles and Keno Sullivan didn't play yesterday so they rested him obviously to clear up a niggle or two he's struggling with his it's his ham- hamstring as well isn't yeah. it he went off in the all-around final They were saying
1: after the Judes final that Mannion was struggling then and he was playing on one leg
0: like, imagine what he's like on two legs well that was outrageous when <laughs> I read that Then I read that Paul Mannion wasn't at full tilt after the county <laughs> final because like I mean 2-6 I think he got 1-1 one, one from play against Dunboyne. from play was 1-6 all from play yeah. against Judes um, Sean Nolan from Hurstwood. so Horswood beat Rath Klein yesterday in the intermediate quarter final so he scored 5 from play out of one eleven. so that's not a bad um Uh, chunk of that he was lined out wing forward judging by the match report but Horsewood finished with 12 men so the two sendings off I think it was one in the 50th minute one in the 56th minute and Rackline had drawn level at that stage so they clung on to extra time the next minute the announcement comes up there will be 11 minutes of, addition, of additional time. <laughs> so like, That's sick. Yeah, well, yeah you'll be absolutely <laughs> sickened, right? So then uh, Sean Nolan takes upon himself to go up and score two points to put Horsewood with, tw- with, uh, uh, with 13 men. Then they both get a man sent off. So Horsewood are down to 12 men and Klein are down to 14 men. And they hold out to win by one point. So fantastic stuff. We we played a seven aside down in Horsewood, That's PJ Banville and Leo Bryan. You might not remember Leo Bryan but he would be my age, would have played with uh Wexford. So he was still playing actually at forty years of age, uh, he's playing uh, lined out at corner forward. So <laughs> Tag for Long's Club as well. Horsewood is, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah right. Uh, so we played a seven aside down there, we were looked after really well. We actually won it out down there, but there wasn't any huge, brilliant teams um at the time so horsewood are still in there like i say courtwood are still in there so the intermediate final in leinster um, is looking pretty good a little bit biased that I mentioned intermediate in Leinster and not in any other province but <laughs> like, I mean that's just the way it is Neil McManus as well scored 9 points 7 of them were from Freeze. and Declan Bogue according to his match report uh, said that the freeze were taken off him during the Antrim campaign against St John's and in the final against Loch Ale. so I, th- I think you'd be a little bit crazy to be taking freeze off Neil McManus but uh, performance of the weekend I think this weekend I think to be fair it's only right that it goes to Paul Catalan for his performance 7 points out of 114 I wasn't expecting that one at all well I don't see I think he is I think he's the performance of the weekend Um, has to be said it's the only game I saw (laughs) and look we've said this is not bias I've said this from the very start if you've performed well in the televised game that I saw (laughs) or in a game I was at you have a huge chance of winning performance of the weekend there's nothing dodgy going
1: on but this is the only game you saw and the only game I didn't see so like you know just don't ask any questions
0: (laughs) this is a dictatorship what you say doesn't (laughs) matter anyway Conan this performance of the weekend is a pure dictatorship congratulations to Paul Catalan Um, let's hope he can repeat it against Kilmaku Croaks and that's it right we'll leave it there and we'll be back on Thursday so again thanks for everyone watching on YouTube and we'll talk to you then good luck
1: It
2: took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're, both of them are keen to to you now focus on getting back to their county jerseys.
1: But these fellas, he get such a f***ing shit shot next Saturday evening that we put him
0: back in their f***ing asses for 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.pattypower.com.